Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Hopefully, as usual, everyone is doing well. Um, the Duke's Hoops team is fresh off a loss to the hated Old Dominion Monarchs tonight, but we are not going to talk about hoops tonight. We are definitely here to do a fairly standard edition of the podcast. We've had a great time having guests um, some of the last few weeks. Tonight, you're just getting Rob and I, but I think that Rob and I both have a few things to say uh, this evening. So hopefully this will be an enjoyable, if a little bit tighter episode than usual. Um, Let's just start off by saying the Dukes won their 22nd straight by beating the hated Richmond Ticks this weekend. 20-13 to in a traditional tight rivalry game. Um, Dukes did you out. see who, who they who they tied the 22nd one? Did you see who Jamie no. tied? Who was it? Harvard. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, was that? Once again, Jamie and Harvard that? just lumped together. Uh, I mean, um, one right after the other. 2013 to 2015? I mean, it's weird since they don't go to the playoffs. Right. You never really think about it, but... Yeah, I think they have. I think they had the record for twenty-two. That's an interesting thing this year too, because uh, I know it's a lot of parody in the Ivy this year, but probably half decade, five, six, seven years. And, yeah, uh, just looked up two thousand thirteen, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, and uh, some tough teams, and and they don't go to the playoffs, so don't get to see them. This I year, wish it's they kind. Would. Of, I know I wish they would It'd be so much fun. It's funny living down here. I mean, I'm, everybody's really ex- the North Carolina A and T is all, the only other undefeated one double A team. But they have locked up the Celebration Bowl berth from the MIAC. And, uh, you know, last year they did go to the playoffs and get crushed by Richmond. But it's kind of, it, it's always interesting in 1AA to think about these conferences we don't get to see that often. Who yeah. Do produce some good teams. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. But as we get going tonight, as always, we were brought to you by Hill Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the brew house there in Harrisonburg and get your free pint glass for mentioning the Jamie Sports Blog podcast. And you can always follow us along, follow along with us on Twitter at Jamie Sports Blog, um, like our page on Facebook, and you can find us on the blog as always. <laughs> Some exciting stuff today. And then, um, without before we even say it, we haven't mentioned this in a few weeks, but if you're in the iTunes store, go in there and rate and review us. Um, I'm sure there's one star ratings waiting for us out there. But, yeah, uh, we look forward to it. Yeah, but go ahead in there and, and uh, rate us, review us anytime you want. So we are going to do four downs from the Richmond game tonight. We're going to do a couple concerns heading out of the week, heading to next week, the big CAA championship game this weekend. And then we're going to do a little bit of a sort of we'll stick our toes in the playoff waters uh, tonight, at least around the CAA. And then we've got an overtime topic Somewhat suggested by some folks on Twitter about condiments. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain as, as we uh, do this. Yeah. <laughs> Multitasking. That's right. So Rob, as we get started, we will talk about the win 20 to 13 Dukes um, at Richforth on Saturday in the cold. Uh, fans need to get ready for some December games. Hopefully they got their first taste and learned what clothing items they didn't bring that they needed. Uh, this week, but do you want to take first down here? Yeah, I guess um, my it's not really specific to the game. In a way, it is. In a way, it isn't. Just the entire optic by which we as fans are are watching these games is kind of 
it's just kind of gone off the rails. And I don't mean to get up on a soapbox or anything, but it's like we do this every week. We talk with friends, and, and everybody judges every game as it relates to, you know, are we going to win in Frisco? Uh, and I guess that's good. I mean, that, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. But that's only happened two times in Jamie's history. Uh, and it's just, it's crazy to me that, you know, like, and I was doing it too. I caught myself, like, during the first half, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be good enough. Come playoff time. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm missing a really good game. Right. You know, we've got a game against a talented Richmond team, uh, way better than its record. They way better. The, de- the defense woke up a couple weeks ago. Well, Letta is, I'll just say, that he's a difficult guy to dislike. I mean, you want to root against him, but he's a spectacular football player. Yep. Um, I actually watched his interviews earlier in the week because I saw people online being like, he claimed he can throw for 700 yards. <laughs> and, all. and I put a joke about it in, in the preview, but like, that's not at all what he was saying. He seems like such a classy guy right. who was up for this game like anybody else. You know, it was kind of do or die for them. Um, like, there's a, the game stood on its own, and yet so much of the talk is, oh, my gosh, this isn't ready for the playoffs. Well, like, that's great. Let's worry about the playoffs when it's playoffs time. It, it just seems crazy to me that in some way, and I'm putting myself right here with everybody else, I feel like I've missed a great season because all I'm doing is looking ahead every week. Um, right. You know, it was just 2013. Who cares? A win is a win, and a win over Richmond is awesome. Um, a win at home at Richmond is great. The home team hasn't won in what, like four or five years? Yep. Um, this was a really, really great win. It was an exciting ending. Uh, the drive at the end was was spectacular, you know, the drive of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go online and you talk to people, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if that's going to be good enough for the playoffs. It's like, <laughs> who, who cares? Right. Who cares? Like, we just beat Richmond. Beating Richmond is so fun. Yep, and it's never a guarantee. Um, so I don't know. I just at, at a certain way, the optic with which we we watch games or view games, it's I don't know if we're spoiled or like we just got ruined by last year. Like if if there's a downside to winning the championship last year, <laughs> there's no. Downside, I would say but... this is it. I mean, there's no downside, but it's like, do you get where I'm coming from? Or I, I do completely. Person? No, I mean, yeah. I think it's ridiculous. I think people lose sight. Like that was a great college football game. It was fantastic. Right? Like, I talked to my dad who watched, you know, most of the second half of that game. He's not thinking about, you know, he doesn't watch JMU week to week, day to day like we do. He's not thinking about the playoffs or Frisco or all these things. He's thinking about, am I watching an entertaining game? And, you know, he we talked when I was driving home Sunday night or Saturday night, and he was thrilled. You know, he's like, that's a great game. I mean, Richmond was fighting for their playoff lives. JMU knocked them out of the playoffs this week. And you're right. I mean, Laletta is a superb player. There was a throw he made. I can't think of what quarter, second or third quarter, where he had to kind of double pump. Like he was trying to throw a swing pass out of the backfield and mm-hmm. JMU was in his face. And he yeah. pumped a guy and then lofted it over another guy and put it in a perfect spot for the running back to run 25 yards. I'm completely with you on this. And he but made- what, was even, what was even better was like, Shore was outplaying him. I mean, those were, those Absolutely. were the best quarterbacks the CAA has had maybe in its history, and yeah. they were just trading haymakers. Yes. You know, Shore's deep balls were about as well thrown as I think I've ever seen him throw the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he was like that, two that for one three on deep balls, and the one was, you know, could have been caught too. Yeah. yeah I, mean, it was just, I mean, that was just like two heavyweights going going at it um, with both defenses stepping up. And it just was such a great game. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, the blocking wasn't here. Oh, we're going to win. Like, life's short. Just kind of enjoy it, you know. And I'm I'm 
speaking to myself, I don't mean to sound like I'm on a soapbox no. preaching to everybody else. It's me too. And it just dawned on me Saturday. Like I need to kind of stop and smell the roses here and just enjoy these games for what they are. I think it dawned on me when I looked up, I was like, oh my gosh, there's only one more regular season game. And here I've kind of enjoyed this, but also kind of maybe 30% worried my way through the season. And it's, for just sure. a miserable, it's just a miserable way to be a fan. It is. And I can tell you absolutely watching that game live, you know, there's one group of people who don't act like fans is the team and the coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw the team swarm the field at the end of the game. Yeah. Like they were up and excited um, throughout the game. I mean, there was never a moment where they didn't think, you know, they thought, oh, this is going crappy. They, they yeah. don't act like fans. They're just playing the game and they played a talented team that has probably underperformed record-wise this year yeah. in a big rivalry game. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else you ask for in, in that way. I think that optics point's a really, really good thought, Rob. So for second down, and I guess this is along the same lines, I just this is about the offensive line. And it's the same thing. And, and it's really about that last drive. Yes, we have complaints. Yes, JMU is still figuring it out on the right side of the offensive line. But Aaron Stinney, A.J. Bolden, Matt Patrick, uh, Jace Edwards, and Jahi Jackson with a, a big assist from Jonathan Klusterman. I mean, that last drive, JMU didn't throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, they took the ball back with four minutes to go in a tie game against your arch rival who's fighting to be in the playoffs, and they ran it down their throats. And that was reminiscent of the kind of transformation we saw late in the season last year with obviously a huge assist from Trey Sharp and Brian Shore on some tough running, but those guys and, and just watching them on the sidelines, I I was down closer to the field this week than I usually am. You know, they weren't nervous. They were excited. They were pumping each other up and I'm just looking forward to a whole lot more of that going forward. And uh, one thing, uh, another point on the offensive line and, and just the running game in general you know, people were so frustrated that Jamie was running so much. Like, they've won 22 straight games. Let's let the coaches coach the game. And for the first time since East Carolina in week one, one thing we saw a lot of in the second half was that, I don't know whether it's a pistol or a diamond formation, but there are three three guys around shore. Mm -hmm. And I know that they got a little, they threw out of that a couple times. But there were some real promising signs out of that formation. And it did all the stuff we've been talking about so much during this season about are they being vanilla, that kind of stuff. It really did make you think, I'm betting we're going to see a whole lot more of that as the competition steps up. Because they had some, they looked like they were much more capable of running the ball effectively out of that formation. Um, and kind of, and it, it certainly caught Richmond off guard a little bit there in the third and fourth quarter, I think. So, yeah, I mean, th- that actually leads to what I was going to go into for, for the third down. And, um, it, you know, Sharp is going to get a lot of the headlines. Cause mm-hmm. was it a, I think it was a 10-play, 71-yard drive, and Sharp accounted for 54 mm-hmm. um, to take nothing away from him. I mean, he was fantastic. Yep. But that was not him. That was the entire team it was. stepping up. Like yep. you said. I mean, and maybe I was just more attuned to it, but the whole vanilla thing, it did seem to, to have some merit to Because when the game was on the line, you saw guards pulling – and stuff like that. You saw guys coming back and cracking back on blocks. It just had a different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was just, you know, you get, it's the end of the game, you're paying closer attention. But it did seem like they kind of showed, not tricks, but it, it seemed a little more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it just was guys 
you know, playing assignment football and actually executing. Um, but it definitely had a, a different look and feel to it. It was power football, but guys were running all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a fun drive. Like, was, think, that was his, that, just, my most you favorite. Want to remember, like, yeah. yeah I mean, that's what I'm talking about in the previous thing. Like, that's just living in the moment. That is not something you get to see every year. No. You know, game on the line, ready to go. I didn't like Jamie's chances in overtime. Um, <laughs> just with the format of it, right. I just think that, that kind of plays into a guy like Willetta, you know, who can, Jamie could too, but he really doesn't seem like somebody you're going to keep down. But um, they just stepped up and shut the door. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line, you know, like I said, Sharp, Sharp gets all the headlines, but it was the whole team. That was just a great, great drive. Um, it really was. Mickey Matthews would have loved it. Oh, he would have loved it. Yeah, just eat up the rest of the time in the game, make Richmond burn all their timeouts, keep picking up first downs, and then punch it in at the end. Yep. Yeah. I think... And I loved that they punched it in instead of just – Oh, yeah. Mickey would have, like, sat on it and gone for the field goal. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> rushed into the center of the field four right, times right, right, and right. pummeling. No, uh, Radke's been great, but I was glad to punch it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You don't want to You don't leave it up to chance. No. Was that your third down, Rob? Yeah, just essentially just rambling. Okay. <laughs> what yeah. we do every week. No, no. Um, well, and with fourth down, uh, I should – I mean, obviously, look, the defense was fantastic, and this is probably the first week we're not going to go nuts about the defense. They got a little screwed on a couple unsportsmanlike calls because sometimes the CAA is going to CAA. Um, I thought Rondell Carter, number 15, flashed big time in this game in a way we haven't seen him much this season. That was exciting going forward. But for me, I did talk about this on the blog today, and uh, I wasn't going to talk about it tonight, but Rob suggested maybe it was worth bringing up. Um, just in general, and th- this is kind of an off-the-field, or it's off and on the field, but this is kind of like what you talked about on first down, Rob. Uh, our fans need to cool it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, we go to JMU games because we love the Dukes, because we love going back to Harrisonburg. We love tailgating with friends. Um, but we go there in part because it's not a Redskins game. It's not, it's that not just, the NFL. You don't no. have to worry about getting beers thrown on you. Or no, fight, you your know? kids getting stuff thrown at them or yeah. it's not a shit show. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's yeah. not. And there was a little bit of that off the field that was really disturbing. I know on the Godwin side of the field, uh, some of the Richmond assistant coaches sort of definitely helped light the fuse. Uh, through some of their actions, I think we we heard a little bit, but even on our own side, like, look, Rob and I are, we love this, and we're not above a few beers in the parking lot beforehand. We're certainly not above a flask in the game at times. Um, it's cold. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. But none of us are there to get to have our kids get yelled at, to have watch fights in the bathroom, to. <laughs> Just generally, like, berate the coaching staff who's won 22 straight games, including a national championship and an FBS win. Like, trust me, that the coaches know more about what they're what they can and can't do, and what works for them in the game plan than the rest of us do. So, I just for JMU fans, let's keep it in check. Um, the games, the rest of the way, are going to be they're probably going to be as tough or tougher than this week, the rest of the season. Yeah, but you also know. just kind of coming off the whole situation with what is it, F lot? Oh yeah. yeah, last week where they had they had to you know make some changes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness, we were college kids once yeah. too. You know, we definitely had those, yeah, those times when that. we overdo it. But the stories of like throwing beers at 
first responders and stuff. That's right. just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't happen. And I think everybody, every alum I talked to is like, oh, man, that's bad. But, you know, a few bad apples shouldn't spoil a whole bunch. What's worse when you're in the season ticket side and you see grown adults, <laughs> you know, standing up and screaming and cursing. And I don't know. It's some guy on the blog. And it was commented. He's like, oh, with all respect, I'm going to tell people to F off when I want to F off. And I don't care who's there. I'm like, all right, man, you do you. But that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it's just it's and, and it's one thing like you do it in an NFL game, you know. Whatever it reflects poorly, everybody's going to joke about like, oh, Redskins fans or Giants fans or Cowboys. So, but you're kind of representing JMU. You you're are standing up there and you're screaming and yelling. Um, it's just dumb. So I mean, I don't know. People yeah. just have fun, cheer. I saw one of those like, I don't know, it was like a BuzzFeed video or one of those things where it's like, <laughs> start your day off right. It's and some person you never heard of giving advice or, and you know, you like listen to the speech on the way to work and oh, you're going to go attack the day and then whatever you go off and do your normal thing and nothing ever changes. But this whole thing was like the guy's point. I watched one last week yep. was like, be a fan of something rather than against, against something. something. Yep. It's just, it's just so much more fun to be like pro JMU mm-hmm. than anti Richmond. And we love that. I mean, we've taken so many shots over the years. Sure. At good expense. I've toned it down to me. And I think it's obviously like, it's always joking. I always assumed it was completely obvious yes. that we don't really, hate richmond we don't really think everybody went to william mary as a nerd like it's just and i've toned it down because it's kind of embarrassing we say these things and it's meant nothing but just like ha 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 i laugh when people say about jamie but the way people respond online they pile on like yeah and they start singling out people and it's just crazy yeah. um you know you just try to have fun you try to have jokes like I laugh when people make fun of JMU. If it's a good joke, it's a good joke. I find that funny. <laughs> I don't yep. take offense. Um, nope. I think like we poke fun at the William Mary sports blog guys all the time. I will tweet things directly at them joking because I know they can take it. Yep. Sometimes people then reply and they start like berating. Yeah. You know, Kyle and Davey, like they didn't do anything. No. And it's just, you need to step in and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, time out. <laughs> you know, this was a joke between, between kind of friends. Like, right. Um, I don't know. It just it sounds like it's carrying over more and more to the stadium because I noticed we got a lot of responses on Twitter from people being like, "Hey, good on you for writing that, Todd." It's really kind of soured me this year on the way people have been acting, and um, I hate to see that. Jamie games are so much fun. They're such a good time. It's always kind of that to me. It's kind of the perfect balance between kind of rowdy but also family friendly. Yeah. Um, you don't want to see a tip and just become the same direct that you get in an NFL parking lot. No, I mean I think you know there's this like. Uh, all of the obviously online vitriol about not just sports, but everything in mm-hmm. the culture today, you know, it's the anonymity of the platform that makes people so ridiculous. And yeah. I think you get some of that when you go to an NFL game, right? You get yeah. this like total, you know, there's 80,000 people, maybe even a big college game, but people from all over. And I think people sort of feel like they have this license to act the fool and one thing about you know JMU, we love it, but our, my, one of our favorite things about JMU is the lack of anonymity, right? It's the fact that yeah. we go to games and we high five and we all have something in common and we hang out with friends and you know let's just take care of each other, guys. It's um, you know I don't mean to sound like the old guy here. We're, we're not telling you to, to you know tone down your party, but there's just no need to sort of take it too far in a college football game. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, it's just a game. Yeah. So and it's super fun. Cheer for our guys, but 
nobody needs to be getting in fights. That was disappointing when I heard that. So. Yeah. So and I know I know it sounds crazy since I'm the one who kind of crapped all over the being nice to people and holding doors thing. But, oh look, I mean, but, I'm not... but, 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 but my point was like, and then again, like whatever. I guess I saw the video and cheers to cheers to people who think I'm wrong and that's awesome. Go yes. be positive. My point wasn't that like oh it's terrible. It's just like there are so many hundreds and hundreds of things that are unique and special about JMU. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of silly to focus on something so basic when there's so many ways that, you know, we've set the bar and then cleared the bar in terms of just, you know, the amazing things our students and alums are doing. That was my only point. Um, yeah. So whatever. I, I don't want to be the, like you said, we don't want to preach or come across like we're perfect. We're not. I've certainly <laughs> said things at games and online that I regret. Uh, right. Me too. Regret deeply. And I certainly but, don't begrudge anybody like, look, you know, they had taken that ridiculous unsportsmanlike on Jimmy for celebrating the interception with Jordan Brown. Oh yeah, right. And then the Richmond guy, like, Shore throws the interception, and the Richmond guy, like, literally is dancing on top of the JMU player, and they don't call that after two or three unsportsmanlike. You know, that's the kind of thing where, look, if you if you let one slip, and and you're yelling in the moment, I get it, right? I don't even mind booing refs. No, I don't like want to just, just a straight boo. Yeah. But it's when it's the FU, FU Richmond, US and stuff. That's just well, and go. some of the stuff at our own coaches this week. Oh like my about gosh. Running, you know, okay, so we want to run the ball. I get it. Or we want to pass the ball more. I get it. You know, but come on, guys. We're we've we've never, ever had a better period of JMU football than the last two years. Well, there's just, just no the doubt. Look at this this senior class. Yeah, they're the, mo- the winningest class in the history of JMU football. Yeah, right. people were like, "Oh, this, you know, it's arguably the best class." I'm like, "Arguably, right?" They've won three CA championships, yeah. four playoff bids, one national championship, positional win another. Like, it doesn't get any. Short of like North Dakota State or maybe some of those App State teams. Yep. There's there's never been a better. Forget about JMU. No. Like in the CAA, there's never been a better senior class. No. This is an amazing accomplishment. No. Pour, pour yourself a beverage. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Un- unwrap another streamer. Get ready to root as we go mm-hmm. come into December. So yep. with that, I think we're going to turn to our concerns. Um, Rob, do you have anything in particular headed to Elon this week? I, I don't know. It, this is going to make me sound like a complete lunatic or some sort of superstitious <laughs> freak. But like it's 22 straight. Like sooner or later, something's going to something's gonna gonna fall by the wayside you know shut like, your mouth Cal, Cal <laughs> stops playing like if the streak was good i wish it ended like week three or something um i don't know so just kind of that there's nothing glaring like everybody else you know i, I wish we had this big dominant offensive line that mm-hmm. played every series like it did on that final drive we don't i mean that i'm not gonna lie that that is somewhat concerning mm-hmm. i don't think the sky is falling for all the reasons we've stated mm-hmm um, but that's it. I mean, I, I just want more consistency from the offensive line. I love the way the running backs are playing. Uh, and too. I know everybody, I think a lot of people probably disappointed Marcus Marshall. That guy, he runs hard every play. He does. Um, the hole isn't there, it isn't there. But like every game he does, he has one or two runs that show the potential. And like, I don't know. I think it's eventually going to click. The guy is talented. And I just like the way he plays. I love Trey Sharp. Um, I love Woods. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, all the backs. Yep. Um, I think the potential is there, and I think we saw, or we definitely saw on Saturday, that when things get going and they all concentrate and step up, it can be dominating in, in brief stretches. I just yep. want to make, I just want to see some assurance that it's no longer brief stretches. It's consistently for a game 
for a couple games. So it's yeah. just consistency of the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to hear all of Houston's press conference this morning, but one thing stood out was Houston's not in any way down on the team. And mm. he felt, I mean, he was very passionate about feeling like this game against Richmond was sort of like last year's Villanova game. Like yeah. he felt like and was very optimistic about this is the game they're turning the corner. And, you know, if that's what he feels in Houston, we trust. And if he feels like that last drive is a harbinger of things to come, you know, I'm not going to doubt him. And I have a feeling Jamie is going to need to run the ball and run the ball effectively down as we go forward. And there's, I'm certainly not going to yell at them to throw it more if the coaches think there's something there. And I'm with you on that. Like this was the first game all year that I was worried JMU could lose. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about going into the game. And that's I mean, a credit to Richmond. Yeah. Richmond really impressed me. But the first half, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, it's a fluke. We're going to do it. But like, you know, JMU left some points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Richmond was playing well, it, as well as the defense played. I just was like, man, Loletto's good enough for it. He's one throw away from breaking this game. Um, yeah, was kid it? Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, 19. Wilkins was great. Yeah, this was great. Um, they were kind of finding space, and Jamie was doing a pretty good job of tackling. And both teams did a really good job, I thought, of limiting yards after the catch. Yep. Um, Houston talked about worried. that today. I, I was really worried yep. that that Richmond was going to win, and not in a fluky way. I was like, "This is a good team," and I—that's the first time all year that I felt that way. Yep. Even when I've been kind of down or frustrated, like oh, I was not going, I never doubted Jamie was going to win well, in any of the, the games. No, this is the first time though that a, a quarterback-receiver combination. You know, if you can complete a twenty-yard back shoulder fade, yeah, you, we got to give it to you. Like, yeah, you know that. I mean, we talked about that today on the blog, but like, JMU is going to play press man coverage, and they're going to rush the quarterback and stop the run, and occasionally they're going to give up some plays. And yeah. as Houston talked about today, they didn't give up anything over twenty-five yards, which was seemingly one of their big goals. So credit to JMU on that. Um, I don't really have a concern at all this week. Um, I, I am looking forward to ha- welcoming everyone down here to my backyard <laughs> to the Elon game. JMU, uh, it does look like it looks like the rain might hold off till after the game this week, but there could be some weather. It's not going to be as cold as last week down here in the South. Um, they are playing on natural grass, so it will probably be a little slower track. And I do worry a little bit about, I mean, this is really stretching to worry, but just hunger. Um, JMU has beaten the crap out of Elon the last two years. And they beat them, I think, 51-0 or something down here two years ago. And Elon did lose this past weekend to New Hampshire. Not a huge surprise. But they're still playing for a share of the CAA title. And they are having a season they haven't had really ever. And I just hope that JMU, you know, the Richmond game's a big game. I don't have any doubt Houston will have them ready. But I hope they're, again, ready to step up and match the intensity of an opponent who has a ton to play for this week. You think so. they could fall out of the playoff picture if they lose? Elon? I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I that, they, If they fall to 8-3, so. and three, you think CA is going to get five teams? I mean, here's the thing with Elon is they're, they would fall This might eight, as well just carry us into the – Yeah, next, exactly. We'll just keep going. Move into that. Playoff yeah, I talk. Mean, I think with Elon, you know, they would fall to 8-3, and three, but they would be 6-2 and two in the CAA. Six and two is really tough to miss the playoffs. It has happened before. It happened to Richmond a couple years ago. Um, That's just karma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's just the spatters for you. Um, 
but two of those losses, one would be to JMU, who everybody on the playoff committee obviously would consider as, I mean, that's not a bad loss in any way, shape, or form. And the and other was New Hampshire. Right. They lost New Hampshire and then they lost their FBS game. So I don't remember who they played, but, you know, they also have a win over Furman um, earlier in the season who people forget about who is on, on fire they, in the SOCON. Right. They're kind of a win in it. If they win this weekend, they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they've won seven straight. So, yeah. you know, that's a team they'll be, you know, obviously in the room against or, or you know, put up on the board against. Yeah, I don't think there's much danger for Elon of falling out. I do think Elon will definitely lose their opportunity. They'll lose at, a seed. Yeah, yeah, seed. They might even lose a home game um, if they if they lose this weekend. Um, so I think they have a lot of. But I think for Elon, mainly they just have a ton to play for. Um, Elon can win the CAA championship outright if they win this game. Yeah, you know, um, as we move on, I mean, just in this, just so everybody knows, to break down the way this is going to shake out in the CAA. Stony Brook, who has JMU did not play, and Stony Brook has avoided most of the tough teams in the CAA this year, also only has one loss. And if JMU were to lose this weekend, there would be a three-way tie between Stony Brook, Elon, and JMU. If Stony Brook beats Maine at Maine, at, at, who knows what the weather will be like Which up is there. not easy. Right, yeah. up there this week. Um, but Maine is obviously playing out the string. If Stony Brook beats Maine, JMU wins the championship, win or lose, or at least they win the automatic bid, win or lose this weekend is my understanding. So JMU is in really great shape to get the automatic bid. I don't think JMU doesn't seem to be in any danger of falling out of the top eight seed. Everyone can make their full Thanksgiving weekend plans because JMU will, is going to have a bye um, almost. I mean, there's almost no chance. Uh, 99% of ch- chance Jamie is going to have a bye Thanksgiving weekend. Um, but obviously, I mean, at this point, I don't have that big of a concern about the hunger thing. I mean, Jamie knows they're playing for two seasons. This would be a, it's got to be the first time ever in the CAA that a team has gone eight, no, two years in a row in the CAA. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah. I can't think of many. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare to go undefeated in the CAA to do it two years wasn't, in a row would be huge. Wasn't Jamie the first in 08? Yeah. And, uh, and then they did. And I don't know. Has, has anybody done it since then? I was trying to think. I don't, I'm not sure that either Villanova or Richmond, who have both won championships since then, I don't know that either of them went 8 0 in the regular season. So I, I kind of doubt it. Um, JMU did it last year. And I, I got to think, I mean, this senior class we talked about earlier, they are playing for history at this point. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's bigger things on the line for these kids. 11 0 would be the first time ever in JMU history. Uh, they'd be the only team in the playoffs. I mean, they would be the. Let's put it this way: if they win this weekend, there's not a the only question. <laughs> the only question that doesn't need an answer in the selection show is that JMU will be the number, number one, one seed, seed. right? Yeah. And they'd be at home all the way through. I think they have plenty to play for, and just putting a hammer down on the end of this great season. Like, don't lose track of the fact it's a great season. They're ten and zero, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it, it's a great season no matter what happens. I mean, we all want to say, "Oh, it's championship or bust," and that's that's great. Strive, strive to be the best and everything. But this has been awesome. Yeah, and, and just yeah. I mean, and it's a pretty good CA. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's down." What I was, no, I don't. I don't think Elon's in danger of missing playoffs either. I no, I mean, I think it looks the way it's saying, back- because you yeah. you could have JMU at eight. No, then you could have four teams at six and two. I think it's looking very, um, I mean, it's looking very likely that the CAA, <clears throat> the way the matchups shape up this weekend, 
it's looking like a very good chance the CAA will get five teams in. Five teams, yeah. Right. So <clears throat> JMU and Stony Brook are absolute locks at this point, we'd have to think. Um, Elon is as close to a lock, I think, as you can be for the playoffs, regardless of where they fall, um, based on what we talked about earlier. And then Delaware's got a tough game at, with Nova. I yeah, mean, that's that's similar to Jamie Richmond. That's a very tough rivalry game. It is tough rivalry. Uh, I like Delaware's chances, but yeah. that's no gimme. But Delaware certainly has a. It looks like a pretty pretty close to win in their in situation, and then I think New Hampshire may make their fourteenth straight appearance again. So yeah, um, it, the, it's it's very unlikely this year the way the national scene is shaking up that. You know, in the past couple of years, there's been a six and five team, especially out of the valley, that's made the playoffs. Um, it looks almost impossible for a six win team to make the playoffs this year. There's a couple of solid teams in some weird conferences. I'm going to lose track of here, but the Big South, Monmouth plays Ken- Kennesaw State this weekend. I think both teams could get to nine wins. I think Austin P could get to nine wins in the Ohio Valley, which could give that conference two bids for a rarity. Um, SoCon has plenty of teams arguing, obviously the Valley, but it, it, the CAA could be the conference that gets the most this year. It's certainly looking that way. And I, yeah, I don't, don't think for a second the CAA is too down this year. JMU is winning a tough conference no matter what. So, yeah. and one more note on that. The FCS selection show is, I think on ESPNU, but one of the ESPN, one of the Ochos, um, <laughs> Sunday, yeah, Sunday morning at 11 a.m. So next week on the podcast, Rob and I will certainly spend some time looking over the bracket. Um, JMU will almost certainly have a bye the following week, so we may hold off on diving too deep until we get the Sweet 16 set up the following week. Um, but definitely 11 a.m., that's one of our favorite, favorite shows of the year, is the half-hour selection show or hour selection show where the, usually the commentators know next to nothing about about anything about in the FCS. anything right yeah. they'll probably have jay walker from howard on there arguing over how yeah. like, some third place team from the MEAC should should be in but there you go so that will be a fun hopefully we will get another win this week and jmu will have cemented their place at the top and we can just talk about the bracket as it shapes up uh, come next monday so with that we will move on to overtime rob you want to introduce the topic here well, what are we doing? I guess we somebody yeah. Mike had suggested what condiments to dip French fries into, or yes. whatever. I, I think we've we've actually beaten that to death on Twitter before. Yes, I think we've even run Twitter polls and the whole mayo and milkshakes and <laughs> all delicious all frosties. Delicious stuff. Yeah. yeah, frosties. Um, but I think we're just going to kind of run with that yep. and go condiments in general. Yes, like what is it? Our our top three favorite condiments. That's it. Okay, you can go first. Okay. So my first, first one I, is, I gotta, I gotta yeah, think, you gotta think on this one. As, I, as I speak. Okay, my first one is a huge wild card, but for anyone making the trip to Elon this week, trust me, you can find this condiment and you have not had it before. It is Cheer fantastic. wine is not a condiment. No, cheer wine is not a condiment. <laughs> this is actually called Hemi Head Sauce. H-I-M-I-H-E-A-D. The ultimate red sauce. Um, Hemi Head Sauce, yes. Trust I'm, me, I'm looking you, this up. Yeah, you have not had this. Serving suggestions include Chicken, beef, pork, seafood, pizza, soups, dipping sauce, stews, veggies, and cocktails. So needless to say, they think this is an all-purpose sauce. It is an all-purpose sauce. Um, trust me, I have no idea where this thing comes from. But they sell it at the 
Saxapaw General Store, which is about 15 miles south of Burlington. It is one of the coolest places you can visit if you come down on the trip this week. Uh, Saxapaw is this little tiny town on the Haw River. It's just south of Burlington where Elon is located. There's an incredible live music venue there called the Hall River Ballroom. There's a kick-ass brewery there called um, Hall River Brewing Company. And there is this converted Texaco or Shell station or something, converted gas station that has been converted into this sort of all-purpose general store. It's like a bottle shop, but they have incredible like banh mi and Ooh. roasted duck and like amazing food. And then they sell all these ridiculous you know, condiments of all kinds. And they put this Hemi head sauce out on every table. And that is the first place I learned about it. And it is, it, it literally is, I could put it on anything. So it's, it's an, it's spicy. Um, there is a kick to it, but it's not overwhelming. It's, it's a, it's a pretty perfect condiment. So that's my wild card to start so today. Is it like a hot sauce or like a ketchup or? Yeah. Like you know, it's probably consistency and look wise closer to like a steak sauce, almost like a, Heinz 57 or something. Mm-hmm. It's a little browner. Um, there's got to be some tomato. I don't know. There's peppers in there. What's actually in there? It's like a thick hot sauce okay. would be a, d- a way of describing it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it truly is just a pepper sauce with garlic and I don't know. It's gluten-free, kosher, all the good stuff, but whatever. Um, I'm intrigued. Yes. So I would, I would suggest that to anyone. <laughs> I'm on the you... website right now. <laughs> all right. And if anybody uh, makes the trip down here, uh, obviously, I would love for everyone to come to Greensboro. I don't know how much there is to do in Burlington. There looks like there will be some kind of Duke Club event pregame, um, but Saxapal's another another really cool kind of out of the off the radar stop down here in, in the Triad area in North Carolina. So, what about you, Rob? Well, I'm I don't know, kind of similar. I, I'm a big hot sauce guy. I love. I love all hot sauces and everything. Um, my go-to is kind of Cholula. I think it's the most versatile. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's my favorite. I'm going to go Sriracha, rooster yeah. sauce. Oh, good call. I, yep. I was, I mean, Cholula, you can put on more things, but Sriracha is just so much better. Oh. I kind of got hooked on it when I lived in Atlanta. We had this little noodle bar right off campus uh, by <laughs> Emory. I think, what was it called? Doc Shays or something like that. Okay. It was just, I mean, it, it basically was like an independent noodles and company before the was noodles and company it, this wasn't like any sort of fine cuisine but they had this rooster sauce on every table and i thought it was the greatest thing ever i'd never had it before you just mm-hmm. get all these like whatever your random asian noodle dishes or pho or whatever you want mm-hmm. and that stuff is just the best now i like it on eggs i like it on yes. everything i have it on i mean geez i'm i'm 40 something i'm old so i'm gonna sound like a fool here but i'm a big <laughs> avocado toast fan uh, <laughs> not a millennial but you can't I like buy a house, of, Rob. Yeah, well, I own a house. I, I have avocado right. toast in my house. Uh, right. Sam has it every day for breakfast, and so yeah. I'll make extra ones, and I'll just do like pickled onions and sriracha on it mm-hmm. with avocado. It's the best. I love that stuff. It's just got a, I don't know. Everybody's had it. This Such is not a, unique. No. They've got t-shirts now. This is not like a very out-of-the-box pick, but I like I it. When our buddy Nelly was uh, his one summer of cooking in a commercial kitchen, in uh in nags head mama kwan's at mama kwan's yes <laughs> um that was we were younger and in college and nelly was cooking there and yeah that was the first time i they put sriracha you know on the side of all the asian you know pad thai and all the noodle dishes yeah and i was like ah, oh, i love this stuff yeah it's a great yeah, it's call the best. yeah it's the best so mine in terms of, i'm gonna go with a, a pure hot sauce here because uh we're, we're doing that and we're not particularly talking about ketchup here i don't believe um so i'm and i mean i like a lot of hot sauces but 
I got to say, my true go-to hot sauce is Crystal. Yeah. So I, I know there's some Franks people, there's some Texas Pete people, there's obviously a lot of Tabasco people, but for me, it, just the simplicity and the 89 cent offering from Crystal yeah. <laughs> takes the in, cake. In a big bottle. Big yes. Bottle. Yes. Takes the cake. So simple but one. effective. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's yep. good. I, I, I like Tabasco, but Tabasco is just like, Tabasco is good when you're cooking. Yes. I don't think of it as it's like more an ingredient than a condiment. It's a little too think, watery. It doesn't like stick on the food. Yeah. If you're just using it as a topping. Yeah. Yeah. I think your Franks, your Crystal, your Cholula, that, that's mm-hmm. better for like dousing your food mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I don't know if this is a condiment or what, but can I say Old Bay? Does that count? Oh, you can say Old Bay. Yes. Okay. You, you, I mean, you might have just taken mine, but that's a darn. Okay. Thing. Yeah. I mean, Come that on. is that is the best. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Maryland people are a little crazy i'm not into this like virginia maryland rivalry like everybody no. else's i don't understand the whole flag obsession that they have <laughs> but i absolutely understand the old bay obsession yes i mean maryland whatever they can live and die by old bay and they'd be you know upper 10 states based on that alone yeah um it's just that stuff's so good it's good on fries it's good on eggs it's good on chicken it's mm-hmm. good on, obviously crabs crazy, you know, crabs yeah the, the best yeah you know you got to do it, you, you get it all Dirty yeah. on your hands. And yeah. Best. Do you remember when you were living in Nagshead? We had the <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. We had uh, a crab feast, and we had, we I left the top and... down of the yeah. old jeep that I had <laughs> under the deck where we were having the crab under the deck. feast. And with it the just keg. yes. Woke up it... in the morning and you said crab shells, old bay, and bad beer had just dripped all over your <sighs> jeep. If that jeep still exists today, <laughs> someone is still getting in the car every morning and being like, "Oh, the... old bay oh. again." Old Bay and Beast Light yes, yes. baked into that vinyl. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, that <laughs> was a, rough. That's the only situation I can think of where it was where too Old, Bay, Old Bay. Bay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I know there are people out there who hate this, but come on, people. Mayonnaise is fantastic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, don't sleep on mayo. And don't get all... I don't know, whatever you are. Elitist, Southern American, and be anti... Yeah, come on. No. Get, get, just get mayonnaise. Put, put it in the bottom of your ketchup for your fries. Put it on a sandwich. Put it on a BLT. Yeah. Put it on your Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. Put Old Bay in it. Right. Old Bay mayo with French fries yes. is, is God's gift to us all. Yeah. If you don't think you're going to slather some mayonnaise on a sandwich about 1030 at night this Thanksgiving, I really don't want to know you. <laughs> right. Well, you know what else? You know what? This is, I think I dropped this on Twitter like six months ago. Mm. It's the secret to a good grilled cheese. Use it instead oh. of butter. Slather both sides of the bread in mayo, and then you fry it in the frying pan. It's, it spreads better than butter. It gives you a little bit of tang, but it also gets you nice and crispy. It'll, it's, it's amazing. It are sounded we, gross when I tried it. it. I'll never go back to butter for grilled cheese. Are we going to have to defend ourselves from claims of botulism again? We, we might, but <laughs> it's so worth it. All right. Man, we kind of uh, yep. we got to go another one. Uh, we're getting into I, if, boring territory. No, here. Um, I, I, I'm good there. You got to tell me if you got one more. I yeah. don't. I mean, we're we're dipping down into like me trying to pretend like I'm really passionate about grape and pawn or something. Right. And I don't think I can pull that off right now. Nacho cheese. Yeah. 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 Oh no, bad memories. Bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Rob, you want to take us out tonight? Thank you everybody for joining us. Yeah, uh, just once again, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we got really positive feedback last week, and we'll attribute that all to our guests, um, Zach, Sachmo, and, and Coach O. Um, again, oh, thanks yeah. for having them on. 
really glad that everybody seemed to enjoy it. Um, continue to spread the word. You know, it's, it's a total word of mouth. So if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends, send the link around, um, send us feedback. We really enjoy doing it. It's, it's been pretty satisfying to know that at least some of you seem to enjoy listening to it. Um, so thanks once again. We, we really appreciate it. And be sure to follow us at jamiesportsblog.com and uh, also on Facebook, Jamie Sports Blog, and continue to read the blog. That's kind of our home away from home, and we still post there and still have a lot of fun there. And then uh, I guess just thanks to our friends at Pale Fire Brewing. Uh, talk about having a great sponsor, great beers, and, <laughs> yes. um, and an amazing tasting room. If you're an alum and you haven't been back to the Berg in a while, we, we could not give our higher recommendations for checking out that tasting room. It's a really fun place to grab a beer before or after a football or basketball game. It sure is, especially a cold one in December. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you next week, Rob. All right. Have a good one, everyone. All right. Go Dukes.